Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. This is episode 23 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. Hi everyone, it's Liam Naden here, and welcome to this week's episode. And I've got something pretty interesting to talk to you about this week, and I've called it the one thing you must stop doing if you want to save your marriage. And you know, the thing is that in my private coaching and, and with, with the people I work with in my Save Your Marriage program, I see lots of common themes, and these are, if you like, patterns of behavior that I see repeated over and over, and it's it's very, very good because one of the things it does is it allows me to see very clearly what does work and what doesn't work if you want to save your marriage. And not only if you want to save your marriage, but if you want to turn it into what I call the only sort of marriage worth having, and that's a great one. So what I'm going to talk about today is one of the main things that I see virtually everyone do who's in trouble in their marriage. And this is not only... This not only turns out to be wrong, but it it makes the situation much worse, and usually, in fact, almost always without people realizing it. But I'd go so far as to say that if if you don't stop doing this, then you virtually have no hope of saving your marriage. So we're going to talk about what it is and what you can do to stop doing it in a minute. And the thing is, I've found this to be especially true of situations where one of the people in the marriage wants to save it and the other one doesn't. And in many ways this is probably the most difficult situation anyone could ever face in their marriage. And if you're in that situation I'm sure you'll agree with me. Because after all what's happening is you're dealing with two people who want completely different things. So if you're the one who wants to stay, and I'm I'm assuming that it is you if you're listening to this, and your husband or your wife wants to leave, then you're probably in the situation of feeling that no matter what you do to try and save your marriage, nothing's working. And in fact, whatever you're doing is probably making things worse, I'd go so far as to say. And I see this all the time. Because the the problem for most people when they see their marriage starting to fail is they simply don't know what to do. So what I'm going to share with you in this podcast is something that is almost certainly the opposite of what you're currently doing. But surprisingly, you'll find that it's extremely effective. And it's probably something you haven't thought of before, and I find most people haven't, but it really does work. And as we work through the idea I'm going to share with you, it's going to make a lot more sense. And you'll see not only why it works, but how you can apply it in your situation as well. All right, well, let me start off by asking you a couple of questions. Now, if you're listening to this, you've probably put a lot of effort already into trying to save your marriage. And you're faced with the prospect of it ending for some reason. Perhaps, you know, perhaps the two of you have just drifted apart. Perhaps it's taken time and you're just not connecting the way you used to anymore. There's no fulfillment or enjoyment in your marriage. But also, perhaps there might have been some catalyst moment. And and this can often be things like, such as an affair or a major argument or something that's happened 
or is happening that suddenly brings your whole marriage into a completely different space and brings it to a crisis point. But whatever the reasons why you're listening to this and whatever the reasons why your marriage is failing, here are two questions that I want you to just think about and answer very honestly for yourself. And the first one is, the first question to ask yourself, have you tried any of the following things to save your marriage? And these things, here they are. Have you tried counselling or therapy? Have you tried discussing your marriage and your problems with your spouse, or, or at least trying to discuss it with them? Have you pleaded with them? Have you threatened them? Have you told your spouse how you really feel? Have you got angry with them? On the other side, have you done nice things for them? Have, for instance, have you bought them flowers? Or have you, have you written love notes to them, telling them how much you love them and, and how you feel about them? Or have you tried to make them feel guilty? So the first thing is to ask yourself, have you done any of those things? All right. Now the second question, and I'm almost certain the you have, I'm cert almost certain the answer to the first question is that you have done at least one or more of those things, if not all of them. The second question is, have any of these things actually worked? Have they had a positive effect in bringing you closer together in your marriage, or in fact have they done the opposite and made things worse? Now I'm sure, as I said, that you have tried at least a couple of those things. And I'm also sure that if you're really honest with yourself, you would say that they haven't worked, have they? In fact, they haven't. doing these things hasn't brought you closer together. And they haven't really done anything positive to save your marriage. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're here and listening to this. But if all of these things don't work, then what does work? And understanding the answer to that comes down to one thing. And it's the one thing that you must stop doing to save your marriage. And that thing is you have to stop needing to save your marriage. I'll say that again. You have to stop needing to save your marriage. Now, you probably hear me say that, and you know, I, I imagine that you're, as you're listening to this, you're probably in quite a stressful state. And the thing you want above all is to save your marriage. And you're probably thinking things like now, your, your reaction when I say that is, your reaction is probably things like, but I, I do need to save my marriage. I, I love my husband or my wife. I want us to stay together. I can't imagine my life without them. Well, unfortunately, what is going to come across to them when you're thinking these sort of thoughts is that you need them for you to be happy. And that is going to be the worst thing of all in terms of getting them to stay with you. And why that is, we're going to look at a bit more closely later. And why that is, we're going to look at a little more closely. Because this is what happens. These are some of the things that happen when you need to save your marriage. The first thing that happens is it makes you appear desperate. And it also makes you become stressed and unhappy. I'm sure that's the case. And another thing it does is, what you do when you need to save your marriage is you put additional pressure on your spouse. And by doing that, you're making them feel bad. When you come across as desperate and stressed and unhappy, you make them feel bad. You become needy. And that's actually, all of those things are going to make them want to be with you even less than they do now. So all this combined, all these negative feelings, if you like, mean that both you and your marriage are less desirable to your husband or your wife, and it's going to drive them further away even faster and further.
So to, to really think about this and understand why this is the case, think back to the early days of your relationship or your marriage and ask yourself, when things were going really well, when you were really happy together, did you feel that you needed to be there or were you there because you wanted to be? Now if you're in a healthy relationship, then I'm, I'm sure it's because you wanted to be there. In fact, there was no pressure or thoughts that maybe things might go wrong. You were simply enjoying each other's company and the things you were doing together. And in fact, I'm also sure that at the time, if there was any pressure to be there or feelings that you needed to be for some reason, then that was something that didn't make you feel good and actually probably detracted from your enjoyment of the relationship. So think about that and apply that to the present and, realizing that f and realize that feelings of pressure and you making your spouse feel that you need this marriage, it's only going to make things worse. Okay, so once you realize that, that feeling that you need to save your marriage is counterproductive, how do you actually stop those feelings? How do you stop feeling that desperate and that you really need to be in this marriage for you to be happy? And how do you do it in a way that's actually going to bring you and your spouse closer together rather than push you further apart? Well, here are some ideas on how to really get rid of that needy feeling from your mindset and your relationship. And the first thing is, you've got to understand the difference between wanting something and needing something. And there's a big difference, and most people think they need a lot more than they actually do. Now, we all need food and we all need shelter, but, but most of the other things we think we need are really thing, only things we just want. So, of course, you want a great marriage. You want the intimacy. You want the love. You want all of the good things that come from a, from a wonderful relationship. But the truth is you don't actually need those things to survive. In fact, you don't even need it to be... You don't even need a great marriage to be happy. You might think you do, but there are plenty of people out there who are perfectly happy being on their own, or at least not married anyway. And this was something I learnt very strongly when... Um, when I had a failed relationship was that I thought that I couldn't be happy without a relationship and I went through a very stressful breakup and but one day I woke up and I, I was very very unhappy but one day I woke up and I thought actually I'm on my own I actually feel quite good and as the days went by I got happier and happier and in fact it was one of the happiest times of my life when I was on my own for lots of different reasons but you need to realize anyway that you don't need to be in a relationship to be happy. So understand that obviously you want to be in a happy relationship. You want all the love and affection and intimacy and great things a great marriage brings. But you don't actually need it. Your survival doesn't depend on it. So that's the first thing is to understand the difference between wanting something and needing it. That's very, very important. The second thing is to understand that need comes from fear. Now if you tell yourself that you need something, what you're really saying to yourself is that you're afraid that you're not going to have it. Now this is really important and I've covered this in some of my previous podcasts but if you think that you need to be in a marriage or in a relationship or that you need to be in the one that you're actually in then ask yourself, what are you afraid of getting or losing if you're not in that marriage or relationship? So that's a really important question to ask yourself. What are you afraid of getting or losing if you weren't going to be in the, in the current marriage or relationship that you have? So is it a fear of being lonely? 
or perhaps of not being loved, or a common one is a fear of not being able to survive, you know, not knowing how you're going to generate an income or make money to live. Or is it a fear of criticism or ridicule? That's common for, some, for many people. Or even just a fear of the unknown, that you don't know what it's going to be like if you weren't married to this person and you were, you know, what, what would happen to you? So as I said, I have talked about this in, in at least one of my previous podcasts, and you might go, might like to go back and, and listen to those, but, but you really need to identify your fears, the fears that are making you feel that you need to be in your marriage. So that's the second thing. Understand that if you need something, and if you need to be, feel that you need to be in your marriage, and you can't live without it, then there are some fears there that you need to find out, you need to identify what they are. Alright, well the third thing is to create a picture of your ideal life, one where you're totally happy and totally fulfilled in every way, but a picture as it would exist without your spouse. Without your spouse. What would that look like if you were, if you were totally happy, just having the time of your life felt totally fulfilled, totally thrilled with your life, but your spouse wasn't actually there? Now, in fact, what you want to do is create two pictures here. The first one is a picture of you being on your own. You know, what would your life look like if you were really, really happy and you weren't in a relationship at all, but you're on your own? And it's totally possible to create that. You just need to believe that it can and start thinking, you know, what would you be doing? Where would you be living if you could, if you could imagine yourself being really happy on your own? And one of the ways to do this is to ask yourself, what are some of the things that you would love to do, that you would be able to do if you weren't in a relationship? Or another way of saying it is things that you would love to do that you can't do if you were in a relationship. So, and, th and this is a very interesting question. In fact, one woman I was uh, walking, working with coaching, we went, when we went through this exercise, she said to me that one thing she would, could, would love to do but she couldn't do when she was married. One thing she'd love to do if she was on her own is, and that she used to love to do when she was on her own, is to flirt with men. Because when she was flirting with lots of different men, or at least some different men, you know, that would make her feel really good. She loved the attention. She loved being noticed by men, and it made her feel really attractive. And she realised, or she, she her her um her belief or her realisation was that if she was on her own, she could do that. She wouldn't have to worry about a partner being jealous or being offended or upset. She could just do that. She could be totally open with, with people in the way she acted. So what are some of the things that you could do and that you'd love to do that you, you could only do if you were on your own or would be easier to do if you were on your own? So that's the first picture. The second picture is to create a picture of, of you with your ideal partner. Now, this is not your current partner, your husband or your wife currently. Create a picture of your ideal partner and leave them out of the picture, just for the moment. Now I know you want to be with them and I, I know you want to think that they are your ideal partner and I'm certainly not saying they're not, but just for the purposes of this exercise you'll get the most value out of it if you create a picture of your life with your ideal partner, this imaginary person who makes you totally happy, happy meets all your needs and gives you a wonderful life, you know, what sort of partner would they be? What sort of person would they be? What would they be like? What would their 
the personality be like? What would the qualities be like as a person? And what would the two of you be doing together? So in other words, you're creating a picture here of your ideal life in your ideal relationship, where you're totally happy. What are the things that you're doing? Who are you doing them with? What are they like? What are you like? So there's two pictures there to create a picture of your ideal life as it would exist without your spouse. Firstly on your own and secondly with your so-called ideal partner. And what you're, what you're doing really when you do this is you're starting to see an alternative and, and you're starting to remove this sense of dependency that your happiness can only be dependent on the situation that you're in with your current spouse and that's which is not a healthy thing. Alright, the fourth thing is to stop doing anything that suggests to your partner or your spouse that you need to be in your marriage or your relationship. In other words, stop doing things that make you appear needy. Now we talked about, uh, funnily enough, we, talk, we talked earlier about all the things that don't work and all of those things actually make you appear needy and if you like, desperate to save your marriage, which is all unattractive. We've, we've already realized these things don't work. So stop doing some of these things, you know. And here they are. We'll remind you what the things were that weren't working so you can stop doing them. So stop discussing your marriage and your problems with your spouse or even trying to discuss it with them. Remember, it didn't work, did it? Stop pleading with them. That didn't work, so stop doing it. Stop threatening them. Don't tell them how you feel. Did that really work? If you're really honest with yourself, telling them how you feel usually doesn't. Stop getting angry with them. And stop doing nice things for them. Don't buy them flowers. Don't write love notes to them. Don't tell them how you feel. Because if you've done that already, you'll know it doesn't work. So why do something if it doesn't work? So stop doing that. And also stop trying to make them feel guilty. Now, the other thing that I, that I mentioned earlier that you probably found doesn't work or almost certainly doesn't work is counselling or therapy. And if you're currently doing some counselling or therapy, obviously I am not saying to you don't seek professional help, don't go to a counsellor or a therapist. But, it, but what I do want to say to you, and with all the disclaimers and and uh, legal protect, protection I can give myself. But no, seriously, what I do want to say to you is if you are going to counselling, if you are doing therapy, then step back from that and ask yourself, is it really helping? Honestly, is it really working? And I don't mean the helping in the sense that it makes you feel good for a few minutes to talk to somebody and then you go out and nothing changes. Is your situation moving in a positive direction? If it is, that's great. But if it's not, you know, really, is there any point carrying on doing the same thing. So that's all about step number four. Stop doing the things that don't work, that that suggest that you're trying really hard to save your marriage, which of course is sending the message that you need to be in your marriage. Alright, the, and the last thing, step number five, and this really is more about a mindset than anything else, but, but step number five is to really realise that the battle to save your marriage, and it it's probably feels like a battle that you're going through, but you've got to realize that the battle to save your marriage is not actually a battle between you and your spouse. It's actually a battle with yourself. You know, I've said this a few times, but you don't need your marriage to be happy. 
I mean, look at it this way. If your spouse walked out tomorrow or something really dire happened, you know, they got run over or something terrible, you know, it's not good to mention these things, but I'm just being honest here. But if something happened tomorrow and you never saw your spouse again, does that mean you'll never be able to function or live or be happy for the rest of your life? Seriously. You need to look at that. But And I think you'd realise that the answer is no. No, you would find a way to move on. In fact, and this happens for a lot of people, you might even find greater happiness than you, than you ever thought was possible. A lot of unexpected things might happen to you, and suddenly you, you might find your life is actually a lot better. So it's very important to realise that you don't need your marriage to be happy. And again, as I said earlier, you want this relationship, you want this marriage, but it's important, to, and, and it's absolutely fine if you want it, that's great, of course. But you don't need it. And that's the battle that's going on in yourself between what you think you want and what you think you need. So you've got to realise that that's actually the struggle. It's you coming to the, the, the realisation, the strength, if you like, and the determination within yourself that you are going to be happy, because that is the most important thing. And ironically, the happier you are, the more attractive you're going to be to the world, including to your spouse. And they're probably going to then want to be with you. And that really is the way it works. Because at the end of the day, saving your marriage, I really believe, and from all of the work I've done with people, I've seen this to be so true. But at the end of the day, saving your marriage is really only about two things. And I go into great detail on both of these things in my Save Your Marriage program. But, but the two things are, firstly, saving your marriage is about making your spouse feel good. Pretty obvious. When your spouse feels good, they're going to want to be there. And some of the ways you do this you are by communicating effectively w with them, by, by learning how to, how to meet their needs, but helping them to feel good and helping them to feel good about themselves. So that's the first thing. And the second thing that saving your marriage is all about is simply making you feel good. So first one's about making your spouse feel good, second one's about making you feel good. And one of the key ways to do that is to realize that when you need to be in your marriage, when you feel that you need to be there, you don't feel good. Pretty, pretty logical and obvious, isn't it? But that's really what it all comes down to. If you want to save your marriage, there's only th two things that need to happen. One is your spouse needs to feel good being there, and secondly, you need to feel good. And a lot of people make the mistake of just focusing on the first one. And they spend all their try time trying to make their spouse feel good and, you know, loved and, and all that sort of thing. And that's fine, but you can't do it at the expense of the other thing, which is making you feel good. So stop feeling that you need to save your marriage. And I hope you'll really think about what I've talked about here. Apply some of these ideas and I'm pretty sure that if you do, you'll find that it's going to make a positive difference. And of course, if you want a faster and even more effective way to save your marriage, then, I, then please take a look at my Save Your Marriage program, which you'll find all the details of at my website, which is liamnaden.com slash program, P-R-O-G-R-A-M. And in that program, we really go through what I show you as a step-by-step -step plan that's going to help you eliminate all the fears you have about your marriage, including the fear that we've covered today that you need to be there, and also how to effectively rebuild the attraction and communication between you. 
and to make you feel good and to make your spouse feel good as well and that's that whole this whole plan really what it does is it brings the two of you back together to create a far more powerful relationship than you ever had before because you're also coming you also have much greater understanding of what makes your relationship work and also what makes it not work so have a look at that and as I said the details are at liamnaden.com slash program so that's all for now I hope you found this information useful and thank you so much to the people who've been sending me emails and messages about these podcasts and what a difference it's made. I'd love to see you on my Save Your Marriage program sometime. And, and obviously, if you'd like further help, that's the place where I can really give you a lot more effective coaching and ideas. But otherwise, the next podcast is in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to talking to you then. So thanks for listening, and bye for now. Thank you.